Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got sportly commentary to what if you commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hoggy and nonsense. I'm Ryan Lambert from EP Rinkside. I'm Sean McAnew from The Athletic. And uh, how much hockey you watched last night, Sean? You know what? I watched a lot, but uh, probably not as much as you did because we didn't get the ESPN Red Zone thing up here. Yeah, I I saw that. It's I don't so know why stupid. I kind of thought we were. I, I, I just... When it had originally been announced, I was like, oh, Sportsnet will pick that up on one of the channels. I, I I think it's partly because some of the Canadian games were on TSN, so they probably... Yep, that's exactly why. It's can. a rights issue. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, th- that's one of those things, and, w- and we'll talk something about this uh, later on, obviously. Um, but it's like, oh, the NHL came up with a cool idea. Now, can all the NHL fans uh, enjoy it? Well, no, of course not. Yeah. You know? Um, it, it they, they just can't get out of their own way. And it's, you, you see it once a week, twice a week. It's unbelievable that they, they couldn't figure out a workaround with that. But, mm-hmm. like, I get, I get it with, like, rights fees and stuff like that, but, or uh, rights issues, I, I mean. Uh, but, like, it's just... It's so funny to me that they that they immediately were like, "Oh yeah, sorry." What, what percentage of uh, NHL fans do you think are in Canada? I, I believe it's roughly ninety seven percent. That sounds right. And they were like, "Oh yeah, what, what you can do is uh, you can you can flip between TSN nine fourteen thirty two Sportsnet, yeah, and uh, and the CBC." That's, you watch that's all the games you want. Pretty much. How how NHL was it last night when they're like, here we go, all 32 teams. And then it would, briefly they were like, well, maybe not because there's a power failure. And we might Only not. this fucking the league, Columbus man. game. Like, yeah, the, not not, not just Columbus. To, it had Columbus nothing to Anaheim. do with the NHL. But yet it still felt like the most NHL thing ever that they're there would be a game canceled, but they, uh, it happened eventually. Yeah. They, they got around to it. And of course you did have, uh, coaches bitching about, uh, game, like start times. Oh, sure. Yeah. Now. Okay. It, it, to be fair, it was the Red Wings coach. So there's your ready-made excuse for why they lost to Seattle. Mm-hmm. But, um, it, you know, can, can the Red Wings just like, act normal about when a hockey game starts. Oh, my, our fans are so seepy. They got to stay up so late to watch the game. <laughs> They're yeah. so tie tie. Shut yeah. up. They were, <laughs> that's that's it. we're putting you back in the Western conference. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. We, we could, we could make that change right now. Look, we got an Atlanta team coming in. Someone's going to yep. move West. Mm-hmm. Um, Really, really, really fun. Yeah, when they and and for the game that moved or almost got delayed to be between what two of the four worst teams in the league this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody brought this up. I thought this was an interesting point. We got all thirty-two teams playing tonight, uh, and you go, "Oh, how many good matchups? Like four. Oh, okay. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was it was interesting, and I can't actually. I'm not sure if I like this or not. They didn't really lean into the rivalry matchups at all. No. Yeah. Which, you know, part of me is like, oh, why, why wouldn't you like, why wouldn't you do that? But then also part of me is like, at some point, like rivalry matches in the NHL are the same. It's like, all right, Toronto, Montreal, we got, you know, the, the Rangers and Islanders. Like, uh, yeah, maybe you'd, you'd do something a little bit different. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it was, the schedule was fine. I guess it was kind of a, but like you talk about that Columbus Anaheim game, the teams are bad, but you looked at that and you're like, Hey, Fantilli versus Carlson. There's a, Car- there's a storyline, yeah. right? You and know, the, you and then the ducks are like, well, you're not getting Carlson. Yeah. Fuck you. Because <laughs> okay. speaking, speaking My of bad. being sleepy, he's yeah. All this hockey is tuckering him out. Our little cowboys all tuckered out and we're going to yeah. have a rest. But you know, like, so tell me I, about not, like, how, how was it? To watch the ESPN experience, because because well, I got like ten minutes of it because on uh, I think it was the Chicago game before it started the feed that we were getting up here was mm-hmm. was just ESPN, and so I saw about ten minutes of it, and the ten minutes I saw wasn't good from my perspective because it felt like they were just randomly jumping game to game, nothing was happening, they were just like dropping in and out of games with. It, it didn't feel like there was any rhyme or reason. It didn't. It didn't feel like red zone, um, the way that they do it in the NFL. But from what I've seen, as the night went on and more games were in play, it sounds like people started getting into it more. What was? Where did you land on it? Was it good? Um, I I would say overall, I had a really good time watching it. There were, as you mentioned, like a few dead spots. Uh, that were kind of in some ways unavoidable. Like if you're doing basically an eight hour broadcast, cause the, the Toronto game started at six o'clock. Right. Hmm. And so they did that basically for an hour, just only that game for an hour. Cause that was mostly the only game on, um, obviously Buffalo and Ottawa, uh, started, I think at six thirty or six forty five. But you know that that was part of the the Columbus game getting moved is they their uh it threw off the schedule a little bit and then like you know there was one point where Kevin Weeks went and did the intermission for the uh, Chicago game maybe and like the camera followed him through the building and that wasn't very fun um and like when. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I heard that they did like five minutes of offside review in the Chicago game. <laughs> they certainly did. Yep. Wonderful. Um, And I believe when the Vegas game started, they just, because at that point, you know, there aren't a lot of games going on, but they just did like a good chunk of the Vegas pregame show on, to the point where I was like, did, did I, do I have to change feeds to see like the highlights in Calgary, New York or whatever? Um, so yeah, it, it, it's interesting because when it was going really well and they were just like, okay, Tampa's on the power play. Okay. Florida has an empty net, like, or, you know, whatever it was, not that Florida pulled their goalie at any point, but it was the other way around. In fact, but, uh, that game has an empty net, whatever, you know, just go down the list. This game's in overtime. Um, 
when they were jumping between those, that that was really sick, actually. Okay. Um, I'll say this, though, and this isn't something you're going to hear me saying often. Really could have used less staggered start times. This was wow. too staggered. Okay. This was too staggered. Wait a second. No, this is this is hockey fans being you. You can't make hockey fans happy if we're going to complain about. I I get what you're saying, and I know why I sound ridiculous saying it. But to the thing you're saying about like they went through five minutes of a goal review. Part of the reason why is I suspect they didn't have anything of note to cut away to. That now they could have just cut away to like live action and had picture in picture, and it didn't matter if it was like a high leverage or a high goal expectation situation. They could have done that for sure, but you just kind of got the feeling that they were like, Yeah, these guys are just kind of knocking the puck back and forth in the neutral zone a lot of the time because they were mm. cutting to goals and stuff like that. Now, um, how, how were they doing that? Like, let's say they're on the uh. Let's say they're on Oilers Wild and there was yeah. a goal in the Canucks Predator game. Like walk me through that. What did that what was that like to you as a viewer? They just they would just kind of do <clears throat> excuse me. They would just kind of do um like oh, let's go over to Nashville and okay. and obviously you knew something was going to happen. And more than a few times I cuz you mentioned like on Red Zone they won't tell you anything that mm-hmm. is about to happen. They were like, not like, okay, here, they're going to kick a field goal here. Yeah. And there were a few times where I think, you know, just they have never done it before and maybe they just like got caught up in it. They'd be like, okay, let's go check out this Pittsburgh goal or whatever. Okay. And it didn't happen a lot, I will say. It happened three or four times over the course of the night. Mm. But generally, um, they were not telling you why they were going somewhere. And they were, re- they, like, for, there were a couple of big saves, I remember, where the reaction was like, I don't know if they're acting or if they genuinely hadn't seen that save and they didn't know what they were cutting to. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that, and so that's, that was pretty cool. That's cool. But, that, I mean, that's, yes. I've said over and over, that's how you have to do it. Like, you, it, it can't totally. just be like an extended highlight show. It's got to be this feeling of, because if it's done right. And again, I'm I'm saying this people people know I'm the I'm the world's biggest NFL red zone fan. It, it, when it's done right, you just feel like, "Oh my god, this there's always something awesome happening in this league." Like they're just, you know, even though they're manipulating you a little bit by like being a few minutes late on things and you it just feels like you're you're sampling this league where something cool is happening all the time. Correct. Um so that's uh, that's neat. It sounds like they had at least the right approach. Yeah, is... I, like I say, I I think I, obviously I like staggered start times because I don't you don't want to have it be a situation where like six games are in an intermission at the same mm-hmm. time. So it's like th- I think if it had been like three and three had all started within like five minutes of each other, that would have that would have helped you feel like you're bouncing around between uh, action and and that kind of stuff a, just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like I said, they, it, there were just times when it was like, oh, I guess we're getting like a pretty good chunk of this Colorado Islanders game, you know? Yeah. Um, not that, I mean, there were 11 goals scored in that game. So not that there was anything wrong with that. Um, but yeah, I, I wonder, I did, I'm not going to do the math all night. 
in the NA on on the uh, Frozen Frenzy they called it. Um, they were like NHL record for goals in a day is 104. Okay, they didn't get there. I don't think they got there because it no. was. I know I saw they they sent something around. It was I think 102 that they got. Pathetic. There. And at least two that were waved off on coaches' challenges. So there you yep. go. Yeah. Cost yourself the record with your stupid reviews. <laughs> um, look, I, you know th- this is one of those things where they where they go, uh, oh, you know who has the most points in the history of the NHL is the Boston Bruins. They had like eight more than uh, than some team that did it in 1927, and it's like oh, right, and like some somebody. Parentheses, my friend Sean goes. Uh, back then, they didn't have <laughs> overtime. Yeah, so it's actually that team is, is better. That's right. Yeah, so it, it, it's that uh, they, they actually didn't have thirty-two teams back. They, they probably when they scored one hundred and four in one night. That was probably like original six. Yeah, that, that was, was actually it, no. It was one night in nineteen eighty-four. The uh, the Oilers and Penguins were both playing at the same time. Yeah, and uh, uh, sure, there were only fourteen teams in the league, but yeah. uh, you know they they were playing the uh, the thirteenth and fourteenth best teams yeah. in the league. The so one the, goalie who played for the Devils and the North Stars was sick that day. And... <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, I I had a really good time with it. Uh, I you know there's let's say there it says here there's eleven games coming up on Thursday. Let's fucking mm-hmm. run it back. Let's do it. That see. That that's the dream is that this catches on, they get good at it because I am not you know it sounds to me like they they approached it the way I wanted to so I'm not gonna yeah even growing if I watch pains, it I'm I not gonna say. I'm not gonna yeah I'm not gonna pick on you know they tried something new cool but uh, yeah like imagine if they this became a regular thing and obviously you're not gonna be get dedicated time on one of the ESPN channels uh, every night for it but uh, I mean this. I like if if they were doing this really well, and I know I'm a broken record, but if it was as good as Red Zone, I'd happily pay for like a separate service. Hundred percent. Every time there's you know, and you could schedule around it too. You could you know try to to group the games more than they do. Uh, that would be fantastic. I I you know it's it's so uh you know it's 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 so much fun when it when it works and and obviously it has the games have to cooperate with you too right if the games all stink then yeah you're, the, you're kinda there were a lot of good games last night so. yeah so yeah. all right you know in that case good job to the nhl uh, and and to espn they tried something sounds like it worked well enough uh sounds like they took the right approach to it i'm totally. sure it wasn't perfect but to you, you know this is this is what we want, right? We're always saying like, don't you know, try some new things, like get out of your comfort zone. So good for them that they did. Yep, totally agree with you. Um, I, I yeah, I you know, I think you'd have to have a, a pretty high tolerance for Butcher Gross and Kevin Weeks, mm-hmm. and I, I it got a little much with the uh, Butcher Gross and Kevin Weeks isms sometimes. Yep. Okay. Um. But you know that that's an easy fix. Have two other people on there too, Arda and Greg. There you go. There, there's two other people that could probably do it on any. You know, if you gave them enough notice. Mm-hmm. But like I said, Thursday there are 11 games. You want to guess how many of them start at 7 p.m.? 12 somehow. Yeah, no, it's only it's only more than half six. Okay, yeah. 
Um, so that's that's why you probably couldn't do it that much. But like, you shift two of those games to three of those games to seven fifteen. Suddenly, you know, it's not going. You know, last night it went eight hours, six to yeah. two. You know, like, and I watched every rotten fucking second of it. Hey, here's so, here's a question for you because I, yeah. I I was going to try to make a note of this last night and then I didn't. Did the games act? Did did it feel like there was an effort to actually get the games to start on time, given the staggered starts, or were, was it still like, all right, now this is the game that's supposed to start at seven forty-five and it's eight oh five, and they're still doing some stupid ceremony or? Like, no, they- the, uh, yeah, I mean they did the thing of like, uh, why don't you tune in at seven twelve for the seven o'clock puck drop? You know, okay. they mm-hmm. did that a little bit, but I, I would say for the most part. The, I guess the thing is they weren't cutting away like, okay, here's puck drop in, in Tampa. You know, like they weren't doing that. They were, they were just kind of like, yeah, we're going to watch a little bit of Buffalo, Ottawa because nothing else is really happening right now. And then, and then, you know, something would happen in another game and they would cut to it, you know, like I, I, so I wasn't noticing when games were starting very much. I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll say that. Um, but yeah, I had a blast with it. You know, right on. you can't uh, you can't you can't say it went perfect, but it. And when's the next one? When are they? It's like in February or something okay. like that. I think. Well. I don't remember off the top of my head now, but yeah, I, I you know what I would really love is if this was on like uh, like I said, like a, a night where it's like yeah, we're not like not every team is playing, but you know, two thirds mm-hmm. of the league is playing. Let like let's just make it more of a regular thing. Well, I hope, I mean, I, I don't know if we're going to get, like, ratings on this or whatever, but hopefully... You know, uh, we will like if, if they're good. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> we'll, we'll hear all I, about it. I don't understand. Ra- every ratings thing I see, I'm constantly getting press releases about, like, re- another record being broken. And then, like, about once a month, Sports Business Journal has a thing about how ratings in the NHL are down 20% across the board. So, but it's always, like... This was the highest rated Bruins game, and then like in little type, it's like since two thousand twenty one. Yeah, no this and this like, will be. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna put my ass on the line with this one. This will be the highest rated Frozen Frenzy in ESPN's history. No question wow. about it to me. You think? Eh? Okay. Yeah. Ratings up one billion percent from the previous uh, Frozen Frenzy. Not bad. Got a zero last time. Yeah, last time was a total, total a bust. Zero. Yeah, it turned out ESPN didn't have the rights, so they just <laughs> yeah they tried to do it during the NBC yeah, just, uh, era. <laughs> was and just... Eddie Olchek went over and beat the shit out of Arda. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> just drove across the street. That was it. Um, the other thing I guess that that's new and exciting in the NHL this week. They 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 finally launched the NHL like puck tracking and player tracking stats portal NHL mm-hmm. Edge. You have a lot of time to play around with this. Not uh not a ton, and honestly my my feeling on this is kind of that I'm going to I'm going to kind of let others play around with it. I'm going to let the smart people dive in because it, as as cool as this is as as a few people flagged. There is there's danger here in like what numbers are actually meaningful and which aren't and which ones are descriptive and which ones are predictive and and all of that and 
I can see myself getting tripped up by that very easily. So, um, I'll, I, I'll yeah. say this. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think you're going to, you are going to fall into the trap of, of looking at, Oh, this guy had uh 52 speed bursts over 20 miles per hour last season. Okay. Yeah. That actually means anything at all. I, you're, you, okay. The stats for uh, skaters, uh, I'll just go, is uh, is offensive zone time at even strength. I don't know if they're defining even strength to mean five on five, four on four, three on three, just five on five, blah, blah, blah. Maybe Maybe there's something somewhere on the website that says it. In fact, there's a whole glossary tab. Why don't I click on that and I'll circle back to it. Uh, but the other stat, so it's offensive zone time, top skating speed, speed bursts over 20 miles an hour, skating distance, top shot speed, shots on goal, shooting percentage goals. Goals, shooting percentage, shots on goal. Yeah, man, we already have this stat. This this isn't an NHL edge anything. Mm-hmm. I just feel like they were like, oh, yeah, look, we cannot just roll out a new stats thing with only five stats. You just can't yeah, do it. There does feel like I'm looking at the team comparisons and the team comparisons are so funny because it's just all those same stats I just yeah. said. And they're top like skating speed. Oh, the, OK. Thank the you. Habs uh, top skating speed is twenty two point nine one miles an hour. The Leafs have only got to twenty two six five. But according to their little graph, it looks like they're it, it makes it look like the Habs are like twice as fast, but. I don't really. Now, what would be very cool is if I could like click on that number and you took me to a video clip of that moment. Yeah. Which in theory you should be able to do. I mean, that would be cool as hell. But well, again, let, let, we'll give him time to get there. But Yeah, the, the, the thing that was really making me laugh is if you click on, say, a goalie, here are the stats they give you. GAA. Overall save percentage. Okay, two things I can just look up on NHL.com slash stats. Now, this is interesting. High danger save percentage, mid-range save percentage. Uh, and then uh, we're back to stuff that doesn't really matter. Percentage with games of a save percentage above 900. Goal difference per 60. What the who fucking cares? Yeah. Uh, go, uh, goals for average, so like run support, basically. Yes. Mm-hmm. And points percentage. And it's like, uh, again, like so much of that is just like, it doesn't matter. Um, But what I do like about uh, a lot of these stats is they'll tell you what percentile a goalie is or or a player is or even a team is. They'll tell you the percentile and you're like, oh, that's pretty interesting, actually. And then they go, "But, but, but if it's below 50, all it says is below 50. Yeah, which is just, I saw somebody, you know, suggest this and I... They're just doing this to protect feelings, right? Like, Yep, 100%. So again, we're onto this whole, like, hockey players are the toughest guys in the world, but we can't do anything that might make them sad. Now, and, uh, I did see someone pulled this. Um, fuck, what team does he play for now? What team does Jack Johnson play for now? Is he, is he out of the league? So this must have been last season. Yeah, that has to have been last season. Anyway... Um, someone pulled a stat from Edge yesterday that Jack Johnson had the single highest burst of speed in the league last season. Oh, really? And it's well, like, 
Jack Johnson you know, is playing for the Avalanche right now. Okay, so he's on the Avs. So maybe yeah. this was, uh, maybe this was uh, from this season. But it was like, yeah, I, I, I gotta tell you, I don't believe that. <laughs> yeah, and, and I think part of this also is we need like a bigger sample size, especially of course. you know right now. I'm looking at like this, you know, this season, six games. You know, it's yeah. not, it doesn't tell you anything, but you know, it could be interesting. There, there's definitely a few things that the percentile thing bugs me. There, there's just, and again, this is like in my previous life when I was like a web design and like usability guy, like some of the stuff they're doing, like they have, um, uh, like looking at the team comparison when they're just listing stats yeah, the the stats that are dark mean that team is better, but when they're showing stats like on the ice map, lighter is better and dark is worse. So stuff like that, they need to figure out what they're doing and 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 get some consistency. But again, like it's we've we've wanted this for a while. I don't think any of us yep. would have expected it to be perfect or even especially great right out the. Right, right off the bat. Sure. Um, again, like with everything on NHL.com, it, it feels clunky and slow. Just, you know, how long it takes for things to, to load and, and all that, which is not great. But, hey, you know, let's, uh, let's give it some time. And, and again, I'm very interested to see what the smart people are able to figure out from this. Well, the other thing I want to say about this is you know what would be really nice is if like if you go to uh, statsdownnhl.com or whatever nhl.com/stats i mean and uh you know like how you can click and sort by like ice time or goals or whatever mm-hmm. imagine if you could do that with with this it's yep. fucking psychotic that you can't yeah full stop there's no other there's by the way, uh, Jack Johnson, top skating speed last year, 23.17 miles per hour. Uh, that's in the 93rd percentile. Jack Johnson. I got to think that is an error. That feels off. That can't be right. <laughs> but again, but, it's kind of like it, when you get into this like top speed and everything and, you know, yeah, I can, you know, when I was growing up, we would have loved to have, you know, who's faster, Beret or Solani? Like, oh, okay, well. Totally. To- but. You know, what are we going to find out? Like, are we going to learn that, yeah, it turns out actually the guys with the top speed uh, are often like crappy defensemen because they're always out of position. And, you know, or <laughs> especially the the skating distance one. Yeah. I'm very interested to see when we have a full season or two, you know, and, and you start looking in like, what what do the top and bottoms of those lists look like? Because sure. I could see it both. I could see, you could tell me like Eric Carlson skates you know, more than anyone else because he's just, you know, and Kale McCarr because they're just, they're wizards out there. Or I could see if you told me like, yeah, it's actually Zach Bogosian is skating all over the place and Kale McCarr doesn't skate at all because he's always in the right spot. I don't know. I, I think it'll yeah. be neat to, it'll be neat to dive into it, but. By the way, if you mouse over, I'm, I'm just on Jack Johnson's page on this from last season right now, mm-hmm. but if you mouse over, uh, his top skating speed, it actually tells you exactly when it happened. So okay. it was, it was March 27th at Anaheim 
at 11.28 of the first period. Oh, wow. So in theory, you could go pull that up and see Jack Johnson just hauling ass up the ice. Yeah. Or possibly down it. Um, That's interesting to me. So that'll be the next next thing is when they have all of these, you know, video, not even like sliced in the sense that, you know, somebody's manually doing it, but just automatically able to pull, um, to pull everything. Cause I believe, am I wrong that I, I think the NBA has something like that where yeah, I can like, I, pull any shot or any whatever, but I, I don't think that I, I'm pretty sure that's not public, but they do, they do have it. They just, yeah. they just like, you yeah, can't do that. it. I don't okay. think that is extremely cool that they have, they actually do pull that right there. That is, uh... well, yeah, th- th- and they've had it for like years and years and years. And it's funny because um, there was an old uh, back when Deadspin was good. Um, there was an article about like uh, someone pulled video because like once you have all this data from the overhead cameras or whatever, like you can go like, oh, this is where a guy should be in this situation is basically the idea. Mm-hmm. Um, like, like they just can use computers to be like second to second to second. This is where a guy should be standing to do ideal defense or offense. Yep. And they found that LeBron outperformed the computer. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, and like, obviously that's LeBron. Most guys aren't going to be able to do that. And who knows if that's even real? Like if the computer is actually right, you know, mm. but like, I, I remember they had like basically you know, a, a, a moving image, of, a, like, graphic of the court and, like, every player was an individual dot and the ball was a different dot. And it just showed them moving all around as you would in a basketball game, but just as little dots on a on a digital court. It was really cool. Um, and hopefully the NHL can get there one day. I, I don't know that, mm-hmm. they, uh, that they will because it's a, it's a much harder sport to track. The puck's so little, you know, and it ends up under guys a lot more and that sort of thing. Yep. Um, it's not often, for example, that uh, you see a guy like block a shot in the NBA and the ball like ends up in his shorts. It happens yeah. 25 <laughs> times a year in the NHL. Very rare in the NBA that that happens. So, uh, yeah, I- I'm excited to see where both the Frozen Frenzy and NHL Edge go. Um, but, you know, too early to tell right now, I'd say. But st- you know what? I- it's new stuff. They're trying things. I, I'll give it, the, I'll give it the A for effort, uh, and while hoping that they continue to work on it. Uh, let me, let me, let me leave you with this. Uh, what was it? Twenty three point one nine for Jack Johnson. Was was his top skating speed yeah. last year? Twenty three point four for Kale McCarr. So he's almost there. Jack Johnson, almost as fast as Kale McCarr. A thing we definitely all knew. Okay, there you go. Um, All right. Uh, Yeah, we'll take a break. We'll be right back with uh, more news and notes. This week's episode of Puck Soup is brought to you by HelloFresh. And folks, I say it all the time. We get HelloFresh at the house. We got HelloFresh at the house before they became a sponsor of the podcast. That's how much I like HelloFresh. And uh, it's really easy to see why. You get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients and seasonal recipes all delivered right to your doorstep. And in fact, I have delivery of it waiting outside my door right now while I record this ad. Now, you might be saying to yourself, why does this guy like HelloFresh so much? Well, it's really simple. 
I go on the app, I look at all the different varieties of meals they have to offer, and there's usually quite a few of them that are, that are going to appeal to me, and I pick the three I'm most excited about, and HelloFresh sends me all the ingredients, uh, fresh produce, all that kind of stuff. Meal planning, it's all taken care of. They give you the exact right amount of ingredients you need, and it's really easy to make something that you're going to be excited about eating. Here's the other thing. I, we used to be a big takeout house. But HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout. And you get a nice home-cooked meal on the table, more money in your pocket. What's not to like? One of the meals we always like to get is something to do. It's usually like a a Middle Eastern chickpea or rice bowl, something like that. Just really simple, but really good ingredients. Really tastes great. Very easy to make, all that kind of stuff. So here's what you're going to want to do. Go to HelloFresh.com slash 50PuckSoup and use code 50PuckSoup for 50% off plus free shipping. That's HelloFresh.com slash 50PuckSoup and use code 50PuckSoup for 50% off. And soon you too will know why HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. All right, uh, we're back and we got to talk about it right off the hop. Travis uh, Dermott is just like, you can't ban pride tape. Mm-hmm. And the NHL was like, oh, you're right. Yep. Sorry about that. The most predictable outcome possible? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, somebody was going to do it. I, I don't... Full Look, full. everybody's saying this, but full credit to Travis Dermott for... Uh, he He's on a two-way contract. Mm-hmm. He's like barely in the league. He's not making a lot of money. But yep. He's just like, fuck this, man. I'm not fucking doing this. Right. And good for him, and somebody yeah. was going to do it, and this was all inevitable from the moment that the NHL screwed up by passing this dumb rule. Um, yeah, and, and it's I, a rule that, by the way, is even if you know, almost regardless of of what side. I don't even want to say what side of the debate, because to me, like there isn't a debate. You're I mean, you're either a dickhead or you're not. Um, <laughs> Correct, yeah. But even if you're a dickhead, it, you know, th- this is what you said you wanted, right? Like, let everyone just have the freedom to express themselves or not however they choose. Don't mandate it as a team-wide thing. Okay. But then when you say nobody's allowed to do this, then you're mandating a team-wide thing. And uh, so this is now, you know, leave it to the individuals. This was always the way it uh, it had to end up, and I don't know why the NHL kind of took a self-inflicted PR own goal for a couple of weeks. Um, it's because they're stupid. That might be it. They they 100% thought, like, oh, we do this, it won't be a fucking problem. And, and I'll say this, too. I don't know if this was so much a Travis Dermott thing. Obviously, he, you know, he did the right thing, and he... he he put the tape on there so much as a Scotiabank thing. That too, yeah. yeah. Scotiabank was like, we're giving out 5,000. We bought 5,000 rolls of Pride tape. You come in, you can get one. Mm-hmm. And uh, Scotiabank, eh, for those who aren't familiar, a pretty big sponsor of the National Hockey League. Yep. And so when they were like, we're actually going to put like a bunch of money. I don't know what a, a roll of Pride tape costs, but like, let's say they spent 15 grand, 20 grand on it, right? And maybe they got a discount for buying in bulk, but like that was that's all that's all it really took. 
you know, was uh, was one sponsor saying we actually like Pride Tape. And yep. the NHL was like, oh, we hadn't thought about it. You like it? We don't give a fuck about the fans, the players. Fuck them. Oh, the money people, they like it? Well, turns out it's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, absolutely. But, but you know, Travis Dermott helped because it, it put the league in the position where it was like, are we actually going to find this guy? That are we going 100%. to have the headline of NHL fines player for completely innocuous, uh, you know, show of support uh, would, would look terrible on the league? Yes. Or they don't, in which case the rule doesn't exist. For all intents, correct. Purposes. I, I was going to ask. Uh, you're a parent. I, I'm not. Are there any rules you have around the house where, like, if the kid, bre- if your kid breaks them, you're just like, "Oh, what are you going to do? Kid broke it. Fuck it. Who cares?" <laughs> yeah, pretty pretty much all of them, depending on okay, what kind of yeah. day I've had. But uh, <laughs> well, uh, you know, I I not that I grew up with a curfew or anything like that, but it's like, well, it's ten thirty. Your mm-hmm. curfew was at ten. Yeah. I guess I'm not going to do anything about this, yeah, but no, just it so is, you it's, know. It's, you know. A loose about, guideline about as opposed to a rule. My wife and I will sit down and be like, we need to clamp down on this screen time. We need to make it so that the kids don't have six straight hours of watching YouTube on their phone when they get home. And then we're like, yeah, we'll definitely do that starting tomorrow. And then <laughs> nothing. So, uh, yeah, I, I mean... I don't even know what else to say on this other than I, I get, well, here's what I'll say. Because there were a few pieces that I read about this that did make this point, And I think it is worth reiterating. As much as we all uh, correctly, I think, criticize the NHL's lack of uh, standing on, on a lot of social issues, uh, and especially, you know, you look at a couple years ago where it felt like it was pulling teeth to get them to to even acknowledge what was happening in the world. They have been pretty good on LGBT issues, on you know the the work with you can play and and that sort of thing. They it, it is it would be correct to say that they have been ahead of other leagues, and I get that that bar is so low that it's buried in the ground, and there sure. is almost a point where it's like you know how how much credit do you give for for doing the bare minimum. But in this case, the bare minimum is is more than anyone else is doing. And so I, I do hope that this whole debacle uh, doesn't completely sub- like erase that. It, it's a, it was a step back, clearly. It um, was it, it was just insane because it was to your point, like they were pretty front and center with this what 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, a lot of it's been Brian Burke driving it from the inside. Of course, you know, absolutely, he deserves a ton of credit for it. Uh, Um, There have been others, players. I I do want to shout out Brian Burke. By the way, he gave an interview, you know, a week before the Travis Dermott thing. I think where he was like, "If the NHL bothers, like, dares to fine any players, I'm paying the fine." I'm not, yep. they're not, I won't worry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought that, I thought that was really cool. And like, that's, you know, Brian, like you said, Brian Burke putting his money where his mouth is, uh, sure. Very, very frequently on this subject over the years, as, as everybody knows. Um, but I, to your point about like, look, let's give the NHL credit. Mm, I, I'm not really, 
fuck them is kind of my my attitude on this one. Just because they were like, yeah, we did a lot of good work on it. And uh, here we go. We're going to p- uh, press the little plunger down, flush it right down the toilet. Mm-hmm. And, and and see, th- I, I get that. But from my perspective, and, and maybe this is the cynic in me, I think there are probably a lot of people in the NHL office or in decision-making positions going, yes, we shouldn't be doing this. Why are we putting our necks out? And then if something like this happens and everybody says you're right back to square one, I can see those people saying, well, see, this is why. This is why we shouldn't have bothered. We don't, you know, we don't gain anything from it. And, you know, the the fact that it's just the right thing to do probably wouldn't enter their heads. So, yeah, I see what you're saying. I do still want to recognize that the league has been pretty good on this, even as they did, um, you know, they, they, it's to put it in hockey terms, they've played a pretty good game right up until that shift where they just scored in on their own net for no reason. Um, and that was a right, dumb and, play, but they had been better than yeah. dumb before that. And and with the point you're you're making here, uh, like it, it, if any league was going to do the thing of like, well, why would I ever play a good game then if if you're all mad at me for scoring in my own net? Yep. Like it would be the NHL. So I, I, I may, maybe you're right to say that, but uh, to me, uh, like this, this is the, this was the only outcome that was ever going to happen. They looked stupid as shit and uh, they deserved it, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and, and not, not just stupid. They look like huge weenies too, where, where one guy was like, where they were like, yeah, we're banning this. What are you going to do about it? One guy was like, I'm going to do this. They were like, thank you, sir. We appreciate you. And we'll, mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll never. Yep. Re- what a stupid fucking league, man. Yep. God. You, you... I was going to say, like, you can't make it up. But, like, anybody could have seen this coming. So you, I guess you can make it up. Mm-hmm. Um, the, other th- the other thing that the NHL seems, seems intent on doing. Hey, everybody likes going to the draft, right? You would have thought. Yeah, it turns out. Uh, okay, so they're I, they're not. I don't think they're going to announce this anytime soon. But it seems like they're gonna they're getting a lot of GMs to go on the record and be like, "Ah, oh, yeah, I don't want a centralized draft anymore, where everybody goes to Nashville or Vegas or Montreal or whatever. We don't want to do that." Um, and the reason this is funny to me is because. They were like, well, last year and this year, the draft was on the 28th and the 29th, and uh, free agency starts on the 1st. Mm-hmm. And that that's just too little turnaround time because, like, qualifying offers are due on the 30th. So that's a lot of work with travel, blah, blah, blah. I get that. But, like, it's not, like, a law that the draft has to be on the 28th and 29th. Yeah. Or the am I, am I crazy here? The first, like, yeah, just. It I used mean, you to would be, have to change the the CBA because that's well, when the league okay. starts. But so you go to the players and you say, "This is the situation." Yeah, and don't they always say it sucks that it starts on the first because that's Canada Day anyway? Mm-hmm. Okay, I got a great fucking solution here. It starts the fifteenth. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Can we just like shout out to the Nashville airport? being such a nightmare <laughs> i know we that, that really is what happened travel and everybody is like we will never do that again but but i, I mean this feels like 
I, I, I can't get too worked up on this because this is how the other leagues all do it. Already. Sure. But it's just kind of like, uh, you know, of all the things, like I saw that there was a controversy this, this week in the NFL where a player was not listed on the injury report, a prominent player, and then like didn't play in the game. And the team right. was like, well, he was sick. And, but they hadn't, they never told anyone beforehand. And so there's this, it's this whole big thing because you can't do that in the NFL. You, you have to disclose and people are like, you know, and meanwhile, of course, the NHL is still doing the upper body, lower body thing. And it's just sort of like out of everything we're going to copy from the way more successful leagues, it's going to be taking away something that a lot of fans kind of like and think is cool and. It is, that's the thing. Like, cause people will go, oh, well, you know, the media likes going, it's a yeah. free, it's a free, I, listen to the fucking podcast. I did not have a good time in Nashville <laughs> and that's only the second time I've ever been to a draft ever. So like, I'm not, yeah. I'm not drawing from a ton of experience of like, oh, I've, I've only ever had a blast at the draft. I, I would say generally my, my experiences have been a little bit negative, um, you know, taken on the average of the two drafts I've been to. That having been said, um, what this really boils down to, I, I, you know, that I, that I think a lot of the leagues just wouldn't even think about or care about is you've heard a couple of people go, well, you know, the, the hotels are so expensive, bro. Aren't you like a two and a half billion dollar franchise? Mm hmm. And, what are you well, ta- and, what are you turning out your pockets and, about like oh I got to spend eight grand on fucking hotels shut and, up and here's the other thing like you know the, these teams are like yeah it's you know so many hotel we have to bring the whole scouting staff so, so don't right don't, yes. don't bring let the thirty people on the scouting staff stay home they can be on the Zoom call that you know you you want just you, you don't need like I know it's like you, you don't need to bring your entire scouting staff just so they could all put on the same colored suit, and you know. That is actually pretty epic, though. If you look at the uh, at the lining of the suit, it says it says uh, Minnesota Wild on there. So that's uh, like the coolest thing that could so ever neat. happen. Like you can just and and you know you can just get up and make your pick without bringing the entire front office. Like that's totally up to you. If you have, if you're one of the, especially if you're one of the pores uh, out of all the franchises, go ahead. Like that would make it even more fun. You could sit down and be like, Oh look, the Leafs have 80 people at their table and there's <laughs> yes. three Ottawa senators. It's uh, okay, cool. You know, that would just be more this, fun. I, what, one thing I think is they're just really not thinking about like the assistant GM's son who gets to hand yeah, the jersey. Exactly, like the, what are those kids supposed to do all summer now? Mm, yeah, but how about how expensive is that kid's hotel room? Why is Daryl Cates' kid got the presidential suite at the Marriott? <laughs> two two um, other things on this, just real yeah. quick. First of all, I don't know if anyone has thought this through. But if if you don't have everybody in the if you have the the decentralized approach like in the NBA like in the NFL, it, you know typically that means you still have the draft in a city and you still invite fans from that. So there's, there's still fans in the building. It, that means that Gary Bettman has to announce all the picks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which means Gary Bettman gets booed 32 times instead of just once where, like, he comes out with, like, you know, like, 
in Vegas, like he'd come out like hiding behind Jonathan Marcheseau and Marc Andre Fleury and, you know, trying right. to deflect the boot. Like he'd have to come up every single pick. Um, that'll suck. Uh, and the other Not thing is, well, yeah. The other thing that I've seen though is, um, a lot of these teams are like, well, this way we get to put more work, you know, we can do the local draft parties and we, I, okay. May, this might just be a me thing. I have never in my life heard anyone tell me that they went to a local draft party and like had a great time. Like I've never had anyone be like, you know, it was great when we went to like the, you know, Gus's wings and things and for the, for the local team draft. Boy, that was awesome. I can't wait for the local team draft party. I know they exist because they get a shout out on the stage. I know there are people going to them. I imagine they're a decent time. I've never heard anyone be like, I really like, you know what I'm looking forward to this year? Local draft party. Now I have, uh, I, I, I think, I think anybody can, can look at what happened with Chicago's draft party this past uh, July or June. And, uh, oh yeah, that I bet is a fucking blast. Yeah. But like, I want to know who the freaks are, who are like, I'm going to go to the Canucks draft party. And yeah. when they fuck this pickup, I'm going to be like, why did I come here? I but it's like, wait. well, cause it's the Canucks yeah. dog. Like, I'm going to go to the. I'm going to go to the Devils draft party and watch them pick 27th. <laughs> That's and then exactly they the right. They trade down and you're just like, oh, okay. Well, like, I, guess I, I guess I did pay $18 for this beer. So it, yeah. all, it all works out for me. So um, anyways, I, I'm assuming this is going to happen because I just look at it and go, well, this, this would be worse for the fans, but it would save like a couple of bucks for the league. Oh, so yeah, it's, It'll save a couple of teams some rounding errors, and and that's all that really matters. Mm. Again, this is the this is the most pathetic league in fucking history, right? Like, just oh, geez, We're, we you know <laughs> we were so positive in the first section that uh, you know first segment we had to. Well, look, I feel like now we're we're back. talking about the NHL, we're brother. Back, like, the, the reason I think this is happening is that insiders are talking about it. Yeah. Like the. It, if if it was not a subject uh, that that like insiders were bringing up, nobody would ever even think. Well, obviously the NHL might one day think about decentralizing the draft, but because insiders are talking about it, they have the green light to talk about it. You know, mm-hmm. that means this is one hundred percent guaranteed to happen. When's the last time a big league wide thing like this was getting talked about by? Elliot and Drager and and Pierre, like go down the list. And Frank, all these people are just like, yeah, there. You know, there's a lot of talk about this, and teams will have the vote. Like the votes are in. This is a classic. Uh, this is a classic lawyer thing of like you don't ask the question you don't want mm-hmm. to, you don't know the answer to. Mm-hmm. This is what happened. This is what's happening here. You know, th- this draft in Nashville. It's over. We're, we're, that's the last one that, uh, that all the people well, are going to be at. I, maybe this year. Maybe, here's, here's the last maybe point I'll this make on this, year, on this but, is yeah. um, it, because that has been what's been reported is that this change won't necessarily impact this year. That they, right. you know, it may not. Uh, if they – because as, as much as I'm not complaining about this from a media perspective – the draft is 
a fun thing for for the media generally, maybe not in Nashville, because it's like the last chance everyone sees each other and then sure. go away for the summer. It's it was described to me. My first one was described to me as a, it's like the last day of school, right? Yep. It's it's um, if they take that away, but there's one last one, one last last day of school, and it's in Vegas. People are gonna die. Like there's there. <laughs> This is hundred percent. This yeah. is how you 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 want to downsize the sports media. This is it right here. <laughs> Look, the don't NHL worry doesn't about need, doing any layoffs in the next twelve months, man. It's just it. We'll we'll take care. We're gonna lay ourselves off in uh, in in Vegas in late June at our last chance to make asses out of ourselves at a draft. It's gonna be bad. Yep. There you go. Um. Yeah, uh, why don't we take another break and we'll and we'll come back and talk about uh, so a, a couple of other uh, lingering issues. Let's say this week's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. Emphasis on easy because that's what buying tickets should be. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Uh, there's not too many feelings worse than spending potentially a big chunk of money to go to a big event that you're going to look forward to and be excited about. And then you get there and for whatever reason, that buyer's remorse kicks in. Maybe if you don't like your seat, maybe it's not what you were expecting. Maybe you talking to someone, you realize you paid way too much. Uh, that's no good. And with game time, you've got killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and the best price guarantee. It takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. And, and that's important, especially if you're buying uh, tickets to a venue that you're not familiar with. I think I talked uh, in the past about uh, going to Chicago this summer. I wanted to take the family to a ball game, take them to Wrigley. Well, I, I don't know that park. I haven't been there in years. Uh, where exactly are the good seats? Where do I get a good view? What are some seats that maybe look good on the little chart, but then you actually get to the park and... and uh, and they're not as good. That's why having that view from the seat uh, can really make a big difference, help you plan out in your head what the event's going to look like. Um, you want to see that view before you buy so you know exactly what you're going to get when you arrive, and the all-in prices show you the total up front so you know you're getting a great deal without any hidden fees or anything that's going to come and bite you uh, at the very end of the process. Uh, and uh, you can also buy those tickets in seconds, literally, just a couple of taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with GameTime, download the GameTime app, create an account, and use the code PUCK for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem the code PUCK, P-U-C-K, for $20 off. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right, a couple more things that we that we should talk about here. Uh, Connor McDavid is out a, a week or two with uh, some kind of an injury. Have they said what it is? I don't they think right? they did, no. Yeah. Um, I wasn't watching shoulder? the game where he got Was hurt, it? so I have no idea. Yeah. I think it's I think it's shoulder-related, but I, I, I'm not I'm not 100%. Um, anyway, that's bad news for an Oilers team that's off to a shitty start. Yeah. Uh, regardless sad. of, of uh, Connor McDavid attendance. And I just want to... Uh, I just want to put big ups on the GOAT, Jim Matheson, out in the Edmonton media. He makes a great point here. 
where basically he says, uh, Hey, you know, uh, how, how it's early in the season. Well, Seattle finished with a hundred points last year and they were fourth in the division. The Oilers need 97 points from their last 76 games to get, uh, to get to a hundred points. And now, he, and he's basically like, like, just saying. So they need 90, I'm going to break out the calculator. They need to play at a 105 point pace, is which is totally, is? yes. Yeah, so that which is totally in the realm. Yeah, that it, doesn't seem that, but, and I don't think it is going to take a hundred points. Like that's kind of. No, I, I would agree with that Be, because uh, you want, you want to talk about uh, how good Seattle is this year? No. These guys suck. Yep. <laughs> These guys stink out loud. Uh, boy, impossible to see that one coming. But um, it is interesting that it does kind of seem like uh, maybe maybe the, the horses aren't, aren't out of the barn yet. But that barn door is open. Yeah. And I even, like, I'm not panicking on the Oilers yet. No. And I wrote that over the weekend. But last night was... That third period, people did they were they were up going into the third period, right? Up three mm-hmm. to two. And they lost seven to four, I think. Yeah, that's right. I'm running the numbers. That feels like maybe they gave up five goals in the third period of a must win, like let's get right and turn this around night. That's not good. It's not good. And uh the reason they're bad. Is uh, they they can't they can't get a fucking save. Yep. Which is kind of eight fifty six team save percentage. That is eight fifty six. And, and that's what, what we would have pointed to, right? If you had said the Oilers are going to be bad this year or they're going to struggle, your number one concern would be the goaltending. And yeah. So the fact that it is exactly what you would have worried about. Now, uh, you know, I I looked at it. I'm. It's it's not that I'm I'm writing off Jack Campbell, but I, I'm at the point with Jack Campbell where it's like I need to see it for a while, and then I'll then we can say that he's back. I feel like there is a, there's a good goalie in there somewhere, and it just you know for whatever reason, even going back to the Toronto days, it's it's not showing. I need to see it for a while, I, and not in the preseason like some Oiler fans were were ready to declare. But I, I kind of I I was in on Stuart Skinner. And he yeah. was the guy that bailed him out last year, right? Like Jack yep. Campbell wasn't good last year, but this kid comes along and and plays eight fourteen right now. Is that good? Eight fourteen? I think it's nice. It's only like a hundred right? points yeah. below where you where you want to be. That's fine. No so big deal. Ultimately, like it's. I still think they're going to be okay. You look at the teams ahead of them. Like maybe Seattle turns it around. Calgary's a mess. Um, Boy, are they? You know, yeah. Vancouver. I'm. I'm. Vancouver looks. Feisty, but I'm not. I'm not banking on it quite yet. But the, they're the, the one, Canucks. Like you're always, you're always yeah. better off erring on the side of they're yeah. not good. The one thing though that you know, has been pointed out, and it's not that it, this doesn't really matter a lot because you know seeding and home ice and all that. But it, you you sort of went into the season going, man, it's it's Edmonton and Vegas for the Pacific. Well, hundred percent. Yeah, Vegas is eleven points up, and we're and two weeks into the season. And they're eleven points ahead. That's crazy. I, I I'll say this about Vegas: there were only fourteen points available to them, and they're eleven points ahead. That's right. Um, I, I'll say this for Vegas: 
it's not just that they're winning. They're beating the dog shit out of every team they play. Yeah. They they're scoring four goals a game. They're giving up less than less than two. Yeah. What was it? I think last night was either the first time they've trailed at all all year. Yes, I believe that's right. But definitely the first time they trailed heading into an intermission. Like the first time they went into an intermission, not being like, "All right, guys, here's let's keep it up." You know, like oh. That pe- yeah, no, I, I'm wrong. There there was someone who scored last night where it was the first time they'd led all season. Must be San Jose. Yeah, that's... Oh, geez, San Jose. Um, But it's just like, oh, uh, <laughs> they're six games into the season. They haven't had a lead once. I, thi- I think that's what the stat was. And Dude, it doesn't matter. If, you were, if you're the San Jose Sharks, hey, six games into the season, you're only two back of the Oilers. Not bad. <laughs> they would have taken that on day one for sure. Yeah. Oh, um, but hey, yeah, I, yeah. Speaking of which. Yeah. You know who stinks? Who's that? The Washington Capitals. Huh. Oof. Oofy doofy they is are, right. Boy, they are bad, bad. Yeah. Alex Ovechkin, one goal. Yeah, and that came last night. Completely meaningless. But yeah. like uh, it's they can't just like score at all. They have seven goals in five games for a team that I mean, you kind of looked at it and went, "Well, they've still got offense at least, goaltending." I don't know, defense not so good. Yeah, I, I look now when when we did our our uh, our season preview episode where we said uh, the Capitals were going to be bad and the Penguins were going to be good, mm-hmm. we got we got a little bit of shit about that. I certainly heard about it. Yep. I'll put it that mm-hmm. way. And uh, to be fair, the Penguins also suck. <laughs> They're also yeah, extremely bad so far this season. But uh, I, I think the Capitals are going to be good. Hold on there, brother. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'll, I'll say this. The standings in the East are psychotic. Yeah. It looks like somebody just picked up all 16 teams and just drop them in a random order. And you're like, all right. Yeah. Philadelphia is better than uh, Carolina. Why not? Sure. Yeah. Up until last night, Philadelphia was first in that division. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Makes mm-hmm. perfect sense to everybody. Um, along those lines, you, you got any teams that you think are, are, let's go positive here. Yeah. Any teams that are on like bad starts that you think uh, they're actually good? Well, I mean the, the one obvious one, and and I'll throw this out there is, you know, we just talked about how terrible the Oilers are and they can't get us. Do you know the only team in the league that has a worse goals against average than the Edmonton Oilers are right now? Is it Carolina? Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah. Are they can't get us up. And they can't get – and this is a team where, I mean, look, the the goaltending in Carolina has always been a question mark. It, it just always seems like they've just got a couple of guys that play better than anyone else expects. And then they trade one of them and they're out of the league in two months. But the blue line is fantastic on paper. Yeah. And it just isn't clicking yet. They will be fine. They're they're currently three and four. Um. They're, you know, they're, they're behind Philadelphia Columbus. They will be okay. I've got no. Yeah. They're, they're 12th in expected goals. They're all, they're they're all set. Yeah. Um, Um, 
I'm just scrolling. Yeah, they're so expected. You, you give me one while I. Look yeah, sure. Uh, I, I just want to. I just want to say real quick about Carolina, is that their expected goals difference is. Uh, let's see here. I just. I just saw it. Uh, their expected goals difference is like plus two and a half, and their goal difference is like minus four. So like that gives you kind of an idea mm-hmm. of how how much and plus two and a half. Uh, like is that doesn't. Not- great like it doesn't that's not a team that's playing it's it's 12th in the league it's 12th in the league yeah they're Um, too good to not be fine yeah i i think that's exactly right um the the team that for me i just look at them and go uh they they should be better than this is is Leaving aside Edmonton, obviously, I don't think the Sabres are this bad that you want to talk about a team. They're giving up more than three goals a game, and they, they've had, let's say, their fair share of struggles offensively, which I, I don't think anybody... Because here's the thing. I don't know if I, I, I... in the Going into the season, I didn't think they were a playoff team. But I also don't think they're this bad, if yep. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, they're a game below 500. So, you know, they, they, win, they win their next game... They're they're right back in business. Nobody nobody you know five hundreds, roughly where you want to be if you if you want to at least be in the the playoff conversation uh, a week from now. Yep. And you know they win two three games in a row. Okay, that's fine. You know, I, I will say the thing about the Sabers that is interesting to me because this is a team that's been crushed by bad streaks over the years. You know, they're, sure. they're the classic team where it's like, if you take away their worst 10 games, they're pretty good. And it's like, yeah, every team is that. But they always seem to have, and and, and so you looked at them and you were like, they got to have a good start. And they already have had, they started 0-2, and then they had, remember that game against Tampa where they were leading and Tampa tied the game with like five seconds left? Yeah. But then the Sabres won in overtime. And you're like, okay, that was almost disaster. And then last night, Ottawa, they go in and, you know, kick Ottawa's doors off, they're up 5-1 to one or whatever, and they almost blow that lead with five minutes yep. left. They went from like 5-1, to one, five minutes left to 5-4, and then they get the empty net. Like, they're, they're like the Sabres are doing like the Royal Rumble guy who keeps getting thrown over the top rope and like feet dangling and then gets back into the ring, which yeah. very often means that guy's going to win, but it's not <laughs> sure. a great way to go, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's dicey. How there, many yeah, teams... I, how many teams in the Eastern Conference right now do you think have a positive goal difference? Oh man, probably not not a lot. Uh, what's there's uh, say six out of sixteen. It's seven out of sixteen. Okay, and, and you know a, lo- a bunch of teams are like minus. Tampa, for example, is minus one, but mm-hmm. like Tampa's not playing that well, man. No, it, it's it's beyond it's beyond. Uh, you know they're they're three two and two. Did you right now? All situations. Th- this is unbelievable to me. They are 29th in expected goals percentage. Wow. The only teams below them are the Sabres, which okay, maybe maybe I shouldn't have said the Sabres will turn it around. Uh the Canadians and of course the Sharks. The Sharks are on pace to be uh the probably the worst team in the cap era. 35% of the expected goals so far this year. Mm-hmm. That sucks. And that's what that's, that's like that's crazy for for Tampa, right? Because you would think you know, we we said with Edmonton, right? The you problem is going to be the goaltending. Yeah, yeah, Tampa, same thing. You go, well, I mean, maybe they just they they've just got to tread water until Vasilevsky gets back. 
But if they're not generating offense, every yeah. uh, let me let me look really quickly and see how they're doing generating offense. Uh, the Lightning are 16th in expected goals uh, and uh, 31st in expected goals against. So they're just playing bad defensively. Yeah. The offense is okay. And it's not the, the goaltending. horrible. You know, it's it's not the goaltending letting them down. It's almost the other way around. Interesting. Their, their, team, their team save percentage is 907. You can't do better than that, really. With with those sure guys, you, can. you can't do better than. Yeah. With those guys, you, you can't. Take that, that's, you absolutely take it. Yeah. That that's and here's the thing: the only reason they're any good at all, and we'll talk about this in a second, or, or their their record is any good, I should say, they're shooting eleven, almost eleven and a half percent. That's uh, that's tenth. And, and yet, you know, through it all, they they had Saturday night. They blow a two goal, a late two goal third period lead to the Leafs. If they hang yep. on to win that game, they're four two and one, and we're all going. Yeah, it's all good in Tampa. It's. That. But again, the underlying numbers are like I'd be terrified because it's like, oh, the the top guys really aren't performing that well, and they're because they've spent so much money on on retaining the guys who won them the cups, understandably mm-hmm. so. Uh, they don't they don't have the depth they used to either. Yep. So. It's re- it's really tricky. Um, speaking of high shooting percentages, the Detroit Red Wings, fifteen point three percent so far. Uh, I don't I don't know after last night's game, but going into last night's game, they were shooting like thirty three percent on the power play. Yeah, one in every three shots they took was going in. Larkin and, and Debrinket are just on mega heaters right now. Yeah, and you know like. What's what's Debrinket have now? Like seven, eight, nine goals, something like that. Uh, yeah, uh, I, don't, I don't. Nine goals, nine goals. To, he's got nine goals in seven games. Nine goals in seven games. Um, obviously, <laughs> that's, that's awesome. not going to last. He's shot. I, I I just looked here. He's shooting thirty nine percent currently. Sustainable. Well, he, so here's the thing. He does have like a decent number of shots. He he's like. Tied for twenty first in the league in shots right now, so that's that's not bad, you know. That's that that you take it certainly. Um, and if he's gonna shoot a, like that much all year, obviously he's not gonna score nine goals on every twenty three shots he takes. But like, there's there would be basically no stopping him from getting to fifty, which is which is I I didn't see that coming honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but with that having been said. You know, he's got nine goals. What's what's Larkin have? Larkin's got four, so that's 13. And uh they have 34 total. Like I I don't know that you that you can go through a whole season with two guys scoring uh whatever, like a third of your goals. No. More than a third. So they they gotta they gotta figure out some offensive balance there. But you know, you you don't you don't argue with the start, that's for fucking sure. Nope. Dylan Larkin tied for the league lead in points. That's that's what we've been waiting at, right? That we we'd always say that with Detroit. We'd look at them and go, yeah, you know, pieces in place. Iserman's doing a nice enough job, but who's the star? Who's the you know, where's the you know, it's not Dylan Larkin. If Dylan Larkin's your best forward, can you actually win? And now yeah. you know, hey, maybe. 
By the way, just now, speaking of uh, of weird stats, did you see the the one that uh, last night Alexander Ovechkin's power play goal was the 300th of his career and the 3,000th for the Capitals? So he has scored 10% of that team's of the power play goals that they have ever scored in history. That's the franchise insane. is 50 years old. They're 50 years old next year. That's fucking crazy. And Alexander Ovechkin has 10% of their... That's... Wow. And it's not even the highest. I think there was, there was a couple of... But, I mean, it was newer franchises. I think it was Selene, yeah, Selene sure. and Anaheim. And I don't remember who the other one was, but... that That's literally... Literally, I don't believe that stat. That's really crazy. Yeah. Um, this team was around in the 70s, like... That's right, yeah. Uh, what, one last thing that I want that I want to say, uh, apart from like the Red Wings are are a fake team, not not really that good. How about the Dallas Stars? Only one regular or uh, uh, one loss. It wasn't in regulation. It was a shootout to the to uh, Vegas. Yep. And like, if you're gonna lose to anybody. Mm-hmm. Vegas Vegas is a team you definitionally so far this season have to lose to. Um I I I just they look really fucking good. Them Colorado and Vegas the top of the west like look out. I I don't I don't know who's winning that rock fight, but that's that's really fun. Definite definite separation as much as we said with the east there's like nothing you're you're seeing very clearly in the in the west we thought there were going to be four Good teams, and one of yep. those teams stinks, and the other three are just absolutely crushing everybody. Uh, annihilating so, teams, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and I guess, I guess we should mention the Bruins are a perfect 6-0 to start the year. Yep. As long as we're mentioning undefeated teams. Uh, Haven't played anyone I, really good, but... Nope, and, and by the way, neither has who? Detroit, really. Yeah. The only the only quote-unquote good team they've played is Tampa, and, obvious, and we were just saying Tampa's playing badly, so... Uh, but yeah, look, you you only get to you only get to play the teams they put in front of you, and uh, the Bruins are just like, yeah, we'll fucking kill them. Mm-hmm. That's fine. I was saying earlier, like uh, Vegas is plus fifteen in goals, Colorado's plus sixteen, Boston's plus twelve, and they're and they're not doing the Detroit thing where it's like, oh, but surely you know uh, it's all shooting percentage and stuff. Like obviously it's a little bit shooting percentage, but they're seventh in expected goals. Which I get, maybe you look at their schedule and you say they should be, but look, man, you know. I I think it's we're at the point where we can just go ahead and say Patrice Bergeron was overrated. Was well, he, look, was, I mean, was Patrice Bergeron holding the Bruins back? Well, look, I mean, they did uh, set the league record for points last season. That being said, they're on pace for 164, right? Uh, and then what happened in the playoffs, all right? Because I don't know about well, you, but I I only look at the playoffs. I, look, I understand. I mean, but they, their first round matchup right now would be Columbus, and if it's Adam Fantilli going head to head against like Charlie Coyle, yeah, good night, Blue Jackets. Okay, mm. ball game. See you later. Um, but yeah, no, like it's just really interesting to me that like five teams are just out to outrageously good starts. Hey, it look, I mean, it's it's a long season and you're going to hit some bumps and it's not going to be it it it's nice when you're in January and you've lost three in a row to be like, "Oh right, it's a good thing we banked a dozen points." All you can early. do is win. 
All yep. you can do is win. And uh, it doesn't matter if, like, you kind of stink to get there, like, in the, you know, the final accounting or whatever you want to say. They, they, don't, they don't look and go, uh, yeah, you got, like, 102 points this year, but, like, 15 of those were in October. Yep. So you're actually not in the playoffs. They, they let you in, no matter when, when you get the points, so. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the other, the other thing I guess we got to talk about this week, uh, is it good? Do you, th- I'm just asking your professional opinion, Sean, is it good when like the president of your team or whatever has to go on TSN and be like, we're not moving the team though. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, you know, that, I think that's probably not ideal. Okay. Um, oh, interesting. It's better than having the president go on TSN and be like, hell Yes. We are absolutely. We're thinking about it. This, this garbage. Uh, yeah, Winnipeg attendance poopy really stinks. Mm-hmm. Um, wh- so there was like a, a quick hit on this on on TSN last night. The attendance has been bad. Everybody knows it, and they're not the only ones. De- Detroit, I think, has been singled out. Buffalo, obviously, more than a few teams are kind of struggling on that front. Um. But it, it always will feel more pointed in Winnipeg just because that's not a big building to begin with. Yeah. And uh, the, a team already was like, we're getting the fuck out of here. One time it happened already, you know? Um, and what's interesting to me was that TSN report, they were like, and this is, of course, why we invested uh, so heavily in uh, Connor Hellebuck and... And uh, who's the other guy? Uh, Mark Shifley. Shifley, yeah. I wanted to say Kyle Connor. I knew that was wrong. Um, because we can't afford to go through a rebuild. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I wonder, like, I, I'd never heard it put in those terms of like, we can't afford to do it. I wonder what the relative cost is. Of like whatever the combined total amount of money they just gave those two guys and whoever else they're going to need to resign to be in win now mode, quote unquote, for the next mm-hmm. like five or six years versus what like a four year rebuild cost them. Yeah. In in terms of uh, attendance and, and beer and, sales and, you know. And, and you, you also wonder like how much of that when, because you've heard that said about other teams, Ottawa was one, Columbus, it comes up. Um, how much of that is, I, I really wonder is them internally budgeting for playoff gates because of course, as, as sure. everybody knows, the playoffs is, is when the NHL makes its money, right? The, the players mm-hmm. are being paid. You, the ticket prices go up, you typically sell out. Um, and for a lot of teams, it's like even making the first round and getting swept, like those two home dates in the playoffs are what... The difference Maybe between breaking moves. even and not. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder how much of that is, you know, it's one thing to say, look, we can't we can't finish dead last because that's going to cost us, you know, 3,000 fans a game that aren't going to be coming to, to, to watch, and that adds up. Times 41, yeah, yeah, of course. You kind of see that versus saying, like, we need those, you know, we need three playoff games every year to break even. And then what does that do as far as the pressure on Kevin Dayoff? And what does it do as far as Rick Bonus and you know every, you go on down the list and and how many panicky short term decisions potentially get made just so that because that's that really is the last thing as a fan that you want to hear like it's it, as much as it's it's easy for you know 
guys like you and me to say this team needs to rebuild, whatever. It's it's not easy as a fan to hear like we're going to stink for three years, but it's even worse to hear like we're just our only goal is to get in the playoffs and lose in the first round every year. Like that's that's uh, that's miserable. So I don't know. Uh, it's uh, does Atlanta need a team? Maybe. You know, that that was the joke I made uh, this weekend of like, hey, you know, I, I'm hearing a lot about a, an expansion team potentially or a, a, a new arena getting built in Atlanta. Maybe this is what we do. Just every 15 years, we just pass this franchise back and forth. Atlanta to Winnipeg. Two you, dead end markets. You can't. <laughs> you just have, you give, uh, that's enough time for a new generation of fans to show up and be like, oh, we, we'd love hockey. And then, you know, you just tip it back and forth. It's it's really tough because you know you heard so much about uh, oh it it really it really uh, this this is one of the great markets in hockey the team's like five hundred and people are like I'm not fucking going to that and look the economy's bad right yeah. that and, is and Winnipeg you know for people in the states who don't know is is not a big city no no uh, no I think it is I think it's the smallest market in the NHL I would not be at all surprised to. Like metro the area, like eight hundred grand or something, is still forty percent of Winnipeg's population is going to the game every night. But they need it yep. at fifty percent. So, yep, um, it it's it's rough, man. Like I I don't know, I don't like I don't envy the Jets having to make the decision of do we rebuild, which they probably should. But in doing so, do we risk having to fucking leave Winnipeg? Right. That's tough. Like and that's, look, they've made their decision, right? I mean, obviously, yes. Rebuild's gone now. That ship is sailed. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, though. There have been plenty of teams that quote unquote tried to win now and ended up with like the the ninth pick in the draft a lot, you know. Uh-huh. And maybe maybe you can rebuild that way, but you know, I, I, let's let's put it this way: If I'm Kevin Dayoff, one thing I'm definitely not fucking doing is uh, trading any draft picks or prospects to make the playoffs ever. And, you know, not to hammer the point two part, but first of all, you are doing that if the owner tells you that make make the playoffs or you're fired. Um, And, you know, I remember the Thrashers going all in on getting to the playoffs. They sure did. 07, 08, 08, 09, something like that. 07, 08, and then they got swept. They got their two home dates, and then they were in uh, in Winnipeg three years later. Yep. So, yeah, not not fun times if you're a Winnipeg fan. And by the way, Connor Hellebuck, not very good so far with his big new contract. Yeah. Now, I, I guess I would, uh, in his defense, say he's playing behind that Winnipeg Jets blue line. Yep. That's going to be a problem for a lot of teams hmm. for a, for a lot of goalies. I and and a guy like it's Connor Hellebuck. It's it's a little slump. He'll be fine. Better than fine. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not a Jack Campbell situation where it's yeah. like, I, I, I'm pretty confident this guy's uh bad. You know, it's the opposite with Hellebuck. But again, not maybe maybe not what you want to see if you just gave this guy seventy million bucks or whatever the number is. Especially on a contract that it's hasn't not even that started yet. Yeah, that's right. Um, so there you go. Uh, you got any plugs for us this week, brother? Uh, you can just find my stuff at the athletic. Uh, I'm going to do a, we're gonna have a quiz, uh, at the end of this week. Wow. Uh, a little twist on the old, uh, who didn't he play for? Uh, and then, 
yeah, my uh, uh, weekend rankings are back in full swing. So feel free to come by and get mad that I didn't list your team. Uh, my favorite are the comments who are like, well, not even a mention. And it's like, dude, it's a top five and a bottom. Like, what do you want me to? Yeah, but you didn't even mention my 12th place team. I'm gonna put like hey. I'm gonna start putting a little disclaimer at the bottom saying the other the following teams also exist. <laughs> um, you know, uh, along similar lines, I used to do just like when I did the power feelings, I would just do like, oh, here's here's like something interesting I have to say about this team, and I got the same shit. Oh, you don't have anything to say about the yeah. Minnesota Wild, and it's like nobody ever has anything to say about them. <laughs> but now, but now I do all 32 teams. And a, and a lot of times it's just like, well, it seems, it seems like these guys are extremely mediocre. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, you wanted your team mentioned? Here's me saying I have no thoughts on them. And I guess that counts. You can't complain about it. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm with you. Uh, for me, epringside.com, use the code I love EP when you sign up for an annual subscription. Uh, you get three, fr- three, three free months tacked on at the there end. Is. Yep, I got there. And um, patreon.com slash puck soup. We got all kinds of bonus episodes coming out this week, as we so often do at the end of the month. And uh, that's that's it. I have nothing else to plug. Um, oh, I, I guess I'll say I, I have a power feelings coming out uh, later this week. So keep an eye out for that one. Um, all right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Sticks and hits and goals and saves and slap shots and goons. We've got the commentary to what if you commute. But we also cover movies, TV shows, hits and tunes. It's your weekly bowl of hockey and nonsense. Box soup.